0: It's the Dogcast episode number 180. Dogs lose to Tech 45 to 42. Willie Martinez and his defense get beat down by a high school offense. Regular season show of the year, the Georgia-Georgia Tech post-game show. We're back in the bunker. We had a really rainy day yesterday. Rainy and cold and bitter. Yeah. It was a bitter, horrible day. Miserable. And I'll tell you, dog fans, last night when the game was over, I really, really thought this was going to be the first episode this year that got an explicit tag because I was in the mood to cuss. I was so mad. And I did a lot of cussing last night. But today... I'm, I'm awake, you know, the sun came up, even though we can't see it because it's overcast. And, uh, you know, Old Dog and I decided this is a show that all dog fans need to hear. It's yeah. a show that, um, the young, the old, the young and the old. And I'll tell you, we listened to the call in show with Hondo and Zaire last night. We're going to talk about that some more later. But, um, if you're one of these apologists or if you're one of these guys who's like, like Hondo and Zaire evidently are, where you just say, Hey, you know, Nine and three, you know this is this is our hiccup season, you know our hiccups are nine and three, and we're a contender every year, and our defense is going to get better and our- well
1: let's cut to the chase if you're listening to this and you're happy with nine and three, turn your iPod off right now and never listen to this show again
0: exactly Because you
1: don't deserve us
0: exactly if you think nine and three, if you think this nine and three that we got this year, and you think that's okay. And you think everything's fine on special teams, and, and you, you think that, that he thinks going to be okay. And you got a woody
1: that we're going to the Capital One Bowl. Yeah. Then, it, it, then, then you, <laughs> don't, you don't deserve to listen to us.
0: <laughs> right. Or, or you don't want to. And yeah. I'll tell you, if you have a problem with negativity, or you think we're too negative, or whatever, you just want to talk about positive, touchy-feely, warm, fuzzy, this is not the show for you either. Mm-mm. I mean this episode. Right. This is not going to be the positivity episode. We're not keeping it positive today. So, if you break yesterday's game down, old dog, you've got um, the famous, you know, the old Clint Eastwood movie there: the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. We we talked a lot about what do we want to do? Do we want to end with the good, or do we want to start with the good?
1: I think we ought to end with the good.
0: I think you're right. We need to leave on a high note. We need to
1: have a little present for the listeners out there. I
0: tell you what, man. And
1: uh, why don't we do the ugly in the middle? So we'll start out with the bad. Which would be Coach Fabris and his special teams.
0: Yes, Coach Fabris and the special teams. Blair Walsh, you know, Coach Rick said in his post-game press conference, I think he has finally, I believe, seen the light that kicking is, A, kickoffs are very important. B, directional kicking or kicking it out of bounds, whether on purpose or not, is not good. And uh, he realizes, I believe, finally, that we really need... And if you're a listener to the show, you've known since week two, we need a kicker who can consistently kick it out of the end zone not ki- and not kick it out of bounds. Keep it in the field of play. Right. We need an end zone kicker.
1: We need an end zone kicker. We have said that all year long. Uh, you know, We've gotten a lot of just lip service from the coaching staff. You know, on how everything's okay. Special teams are fine. Special, we don't need to work on anything you else. Know, and, and along with that, and, and one of the real reasons that we need an end zone kicker, especially it would have been great to have had one this year, is because our kickoff coverage is absolutely horrendous. I mean, even when the kid kicked it like to the to goal the line or, or the to goal the goal five, line. the fact that we overrun that we don't take the right angles, that we collapse only to let them swing wide on us, that we get blocked and get knocked on our ass. I mean, it is absolutely pathetic, the coverage that we have on our kickoffs and our punt returns. Thank heavens we have Brian Mims who can hang it up there long enough and a lot of times the other team is foolish enough to take a fair catch because I guarantee you, if you don't take a fair catch against Georgia on a punt, you're good for at least another 10 yards because the first gunner down there is going to just run by you.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Usually a guy like Ramarcus Brown is going to go flying by you, waving wildly as he goes flying by. And I got news because, you know, it seems that last year's – uh graduation of Brandon Cattu seemed to have caught our coaching staff off guard. You know, they weren't prepared for that. We're completely unprepared and Maybe surprised. Maybe they thought he had another year coming. And we scrambled to find this Jim Blair Walsh. I want everyone to know, listeners to the show and coaching staff, Brian Mims is a senior has used up his eligibility, and will not be punting for the dogs next year. So let's begin thinking now, at least, you know, kind of kicking well, it around.
1: That's well, too who, late. Who
0: might our punter be?
1: I mean, it's too late. And just because Drew Butler has the last name of Butler, from what I saw in the spring game, he's got a long way to go before he is a college punter. I hope he turns out, but, you know, at this point in time, we have no kicking game at all.
0: Right. All the, so, just something you might want to think about in the offseason, coaching staff. Yeah. Now, also, coach, like you said, kickoff coverage, directional kicking, kicking out of bounds. I mean, you look at this game yesterday. The, the, the opening kickoff for the second half goes out of bounds. Yeah. Puts the ball on the 40. It takes Georgia Tech one play from the line of scrimmage, of course, obviously. Approximately five seconds. Five seconds to score against our defense. And then, um, you know, our special teams get on the field again, and we have the kickoff that is run out to, I think, the 11. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that didn't work. Three plays, punt. It takes them to Georgia Tech approximately 30, 40 seconds to score again. And then special teams come out again, and we have the fumble which absolutely broke our back. Yeah. I mean that fumble was much worse for us as a turnover than the pick six that Stafford threw early in the game.
1: No doubt about that. Uh, again, that's the bad uh
0: special teams special in every teams. way that could hurt us and
1: hurt us yesterday. You know, we we talked uh Derek beat me down a little bit last week, you know, telling me that coach Fabris had actually coached some good defensive end and stuff. Uh, you know, that's he, out he the has. window. He's He's got to go. I mean, when something is broke, it's he has got to go.
0: I'll agree with you. We definitely need, and we talked about this before, we definitely need a special teams coach, a dedicated professional who knows what he's doing and understands the philosophy and the science of special teams. Because right now, like our whole season this year, our special teams are built out of twigs and rabbits' feet, Hope. You know, our special teams are built on hope right now. Well, yeah. And that's not working. No. And the problem with Fabris staying is even if we bring in a dedicated special teams coach, which we don't have right now, you know, you're gonna have that whole I don't know, the fabris hanging around, that's not the way we used to do it kind of thing. I'm tended I'm tending to agree with you. Maybe Fabris needs to go for no other reason we
1: need a fresh start. Right. You gotta wipe the slate clean on that. We need a whole new philosophy on the way special teams is played.
0: Punt return, punt coverage, kick return, kick coverage, all of it. Field goals, everything except extra points, the I think needs round. massive work. Probably so. Now, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, you know, just when you thought giving up 31 to Alabama in the first half or giving up 49 to Florida or 38 to Kentucky or having to stop the juggernaut that is Auburn, which of course did not score one single point, Against Alabama yesterday. And
1: was only able to muster three points against Mississippi State.
0: Who lost to Tulane, Maine, UAB, La Tech. Mississippi State lost to those teams and still held Auburn to
1: three points. Whose coach was so despondent over the season, did the right thing and resigned.
0: Fell on his sword. Which is something we're going to come back to in just a minute. Believe me. Yeah, Sylvester so Croom falls on his sword yesterday, takes the manly way out, and says, you know what, I'm not getting it done. 45 to nothing against my Egg Bowl opponent in Ole Miss, the Right Reverend Houston Nut. Who, Which is someone that is getting it done. Damn right. Right Reverend Houston Nutt getting it done, baby. Mm-hmm. Everywhere he goes, getting it done. Yeah. And if you think those kids over in Oxford aren't worshiping at the altar of the Right Reverend, I'm telling you, they are all in on Houston Nut right now. But anyway, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse... Here comes Georgia Tech with their high school offense. Admittedly, Paul Johnson is almost the only guy in Division One, Single A, in the of the big boy schools that runs it. Yeah, and it's basically a variation on a high school offense—the wing T. It's been around well, since the freaking '60s, the yeah. '40s, the '30s. It was real popular in the '70s before defenses figured out how to stop it, and right. everybody took it off the table. And it's been replaced by more successful offenses like the spread, mm-hmm. except for Paul Johnson. Who still runs it, and who consistently wins with it, anywhere he goes? Sure, but has it been an offensive juggernaut this season? I mean, you know. No, uh,
1: I mean they lost to Virginia, sure. North Carolina, and I don't know who their other loss was to.
0: I don't know either, but that doesn't matter. I mean, nor does it matter because the only thing that matters is that they he came whipped in our, our ass our house yesterday. yesterday. He came between the heads yesterday and handed us our ass. Yeah, And don't tell me for a second that you think we had a good first half. If you weren't at the game, and you, yeah, sure, we held them to a very few points in the first half. But it wasn't because our defense was so awesome or so stellar. Don't think that for a minute. It was because Paul Johnson mistakenly thought that Willie Martinez would have something for him. Right, Would have something for the triple options. So he came in, I think the first play from scrimmage was a pass. Yeah, Paul Johnson came in thinking I got to go away from my base look to beat these guys.
1: Yeah, we need to do something different. They've had two weeks to prepare. This is the number eleven team in the country, formerly number one. Yeah, man, I am so exercised and, right now. And I mean, they came in, put four hundred and seven yards on us on the ground. Oh only completed one pass, but they didn't have to complete any more. Hell, they could have completed no passes, and they still would have beat us. We have not given up that many yards in a game since 1994.
0: To Vanderbilt. Yeah.
1: I'm telling you. I mean, it's just,
0: and and I tell you what, I mean, well. They're freshman running back. Gather yourself there, old dog. I know, gather yourself there. Um, their freshman running back, R. Jones, number 20, the little wing guy, the option guy. 13 carries for 214 yards. He's a freshman. I'm telling you what, I, I'm beside myself. Yeah. There's well, nothing to talk and, about. Here.
1: And you look at it, I mean, and we're getting I'm getting away a little bit from this game, just in general. We have given up thirty-eight or more points in five games games this season, okay? And let's talk about that. One of the teams that we didn't give up 38 points to was Georgia Southern. Another team we didn't give up 38 points to was Central Michigan. Another team we didn't give up 38 points to is Auburn, who can't score a point if there was no other team. On the field, and the other team that we didn't give up 38 points to was South Carolina, who has no offense whatsoever. So, if you take any solace in the fact at all that we
0: only are nine gave and up,
1: three, are we only get? I mean, I, I tell you what, this is all over again. This is Irk Russell leaving, and as his charges graduate and go on to bigger and better things, Willie Martinez is a modern Bill Lewis. Absolutely. And, I mean, you, it, it's just, Martinez
0: has to go. There is, there is no, there can be no doubt. Let there be no doubt. There can be no other path, except for the fact that Willie Martinez has to right. go. And when you look back, even
1: to the time he was not our defensive coordinator. He's been, Martinez has been there since the beginning with Coach Rick. And during Van Gorder's tenure as an offensive coordinator, what has always been our weakest link on defense, defensive backs. Name for me. Who coaches defensive backs?
0: Name for me the last real cover corner we had. We haven't had a cover corner since Champ Bailey. Right, and he's ready to retire from the NFL because he's old. Maybe Tim Jennings. maybe Tim Jennings. Trey Battle wasn't bad, but he was a safety. He just yeah. got got good position. You know, I we, mean, it's it is time. It, the you take Thomas Davis, Greg Blue, the defensive backs that Willie Martinez is cover covered. They cannot cover Thomas Davis is a linebacker in the NFL. At for God's sake,
1: at least those two guys
0: came up with a big hit
1: and could tackle. Unfortunately, we've progressed to the point where, A, we don't get a big hit, and, B, we cannot tackle. Again, this is it's getting away from the Tech game a little bit, but the Tech game was an absolute microcosm of what we have dealt with all year long, and that is we cannot play defense. And, and, and I don't believe it's
0: from a lack of raw talent. And I'm not going to hang this on the players. We talked about this. Neither me or Old Dog want to hang this on the players. I believe that our players want to play better. They want to stop teams. They want to not be embarrassed. Their enthusiasm, their effort, their work level, all of that I believe is in pace, place. They simply do not know what to do. I wrote down right here. Where is it? They don't know what to do, they don't know where to do it, and they don't know how to do it, even if they're in the right place.
1: And, and I tell you, along with that, something else that brings it home. This is a quote from Josh Nesbitt, the quarterback, the quarterback for Georgia Tech, after the game, he was quoted as saying, they had no idea of what we were going to do. Now this is from a team that runs the triple option. I mean how can you have 2 weeks to prepare for a team that runs the triple option and look so bad and so out of place and not no not
0: perform I want to finish my point from earlier. The only reason we held them 12 points in the first half is because Paul Johnson was away from his base offense. They didn't run the triple option in the first half. But when we stopped their little alternative, he's like, well, I got nothing else. Let's go back to the base. And you saw from the first play from scrimmage of the second half how it went. If he'd been running his base offense triple option for four whole quarters... They'd have scored much more than Florida. They came within four points of scoring at Florida's total anyway. They would have scored 70 if they'd played for four quarters that way.
1: They put 23 points on the board in the third quarter in seven minutes.
0: Seven minutes, 23 points. That's
1: all you need to know. And you can tell me about a fumble. You can tell me about bad kickoffs. You can go through all that. But at some point in time, you have got to stand up And you've got to make a stop. And I'm going to say one thing, Derek, along those lines. I agree with you for the most part that the players, it's not their fault. That they probably do have the raw talent, and it just needs to be coached. But I'll tell you what, and if you're a player and you're listening to this, I don't need you out on the field doing jumping jacks and telling me to get up. You are, as a defense, you're way too concerned with what's happening in the stands yeah. and getting the crowd into it and thinking that's cool. I tell you, what's going to get me cheering is for your ass to make a play yeah. and not let someone run by you or be Remarcus Brown and be sitting on your ass after your jockstrap went one way and your shoulder pads went the other. I mean, we literally had a defensive back on his butt, on the ground, with his legs and arms in the air because he got juked so bad he fell
0: down. He's, Remarcus Brown sat down. On the field, after getting juked by that Jones kid, number 20, that was a microcosm of the game. Him sitting on his ass as the running back goes running past him wide open. And I'll tell you something else, old dog. You stole my thunder there on the jumping jacks. Yeah, we've got some awesome jumping jack guys. If we were had a competition, if we had an SEC jumping jack team, man... We'd be hell. We are awesome at jumping jacks. On third and four, when Georgia Tech's walking up to the line of scrimmage, just about to break for... For a first down, baby, we can jump and jack their butts off. Yeah. But you know what? If you really want me to cheer, like you said, how about stop that damn number 20 coming around on the little wing option? You Make know Make a I mean? tackle. Make a freaking tackle if you want me to cheer. And I'll tell you something else. I can
1: go for the rest of my life without seeing Coach Rick huddle the team up on the sidelines to chat them up because we're playing so poorly. We... That, that's got to stop too.
0: That's not working. No. That's not working. These secret special player only meetings aren't working because the bottom line is at the fundamental level, our defenders don't know what they're doing. You can fire them up all day long. You can huddle them up, player meeting, sideline chats, fireside chats, whatever you need. But if Remarcus Brown and Jarius Wynn and those other guys don't know and where it, they're supposed to be. And it's not just them; it's the I linebackers. I know. It's, I know. I'm not D picking line. on anybody. It is.
1: It is everybody on our defense. We are. We're a defense in total disarray. disarray.
0: Dis absolutely funneling tackle. Tech- Tackling fundamentals, wrapping up, head on the right side, going for the ball, how to do hand checks on defensive backs, how to play the ball when it's in the air. Our defensive backs have no idea when the ball's in the air. That last
1: touchdown run, we even whiffed twice at trying to push the guy out of bounds. We gave up on tackling him. I mean, all at that point, all we could hope for is we could push, shove somebody out of bounds, and we couldn't even do that. I mean, if there is anybody out there, and I can't imagine Coach Rick thinking that, I can't imagine him being satisfied with the effort of the defensive coaching staff. I'm
0: telling you. I mean,
1: because if football is a result-oriented game, and we are not getting the results that we need on Defense. We have played three tough teams. Granted, one is ranked number one in the nation, but hell, so were we. One is ranked number three or four in the nation. We were there too as we started spiraling down. And Tech, you know, they're going to finish in the top 20 probably. We have had our ass handed to us by those three teams. It wasn't even competitive in two of them. And I'll tell you what, quite frankly, I can't tell you that this game was competitive.
0: Well, and see, you look at stats, like, you know, a lot of people, you guys like to call me a stat guy. On third down conversions, Georgia Tech was 4 of 13. Well, if you just look at that stat, you might think that we played some awesome damn defense on third down. But let me tell you something. Most of those stops came in the first half, and the reason they only got four of thirteen is because they didn't have a whole lot of third downs. Not when they're you score on first down. <laughs> exactly. When you got a guy who's ripping you for eleven, twelve yards of carry, you don't have to worry about third down conversions. Yeah, now, I mean it, it. It's just let's as, let's, I, I, look, let's. We got to wrap up this. Bad let,
1: thing. Let's well, we I'm going. Because i to talk thing. about some coaches. I'm to talk about it. Let's do. But we something has to change I agree. on defense, and it has got to be the defensive coordinator. I agree. And Coach Fabris.
0: I agree. And to that point, I had something I wanted to say about that. There, this I want everybody out there to understand. I'm not, we're not just going negative, and we don't willy nilly call for people's firing. I don't generally, but I'm telling you, it is true, and everybody knows it. And if I'm willing to stipulate. That nine and three is not an awful season, okay? If you just look at the numbers, nine and three—that's not bad, and, Hell, it's better than six and six. I get that.
1: And and twenty years from now, when you look at Coach Rick's career, people will forget really how poor this nine and three, which is probably going to end up being a nine and four season.
0: But let's face it, is. We're going to probably play Ohio State or Michigan State. Michigan State's got a great running back in Ringer. Ohio State's got a pretty good ball handling quarterback in Pryor. Either one of the two, and a good running back. They're going to torch us. Yeah, I mean they're just going to torch us because we're in, we're 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 we are so incompetent and ineffectual on defense at this point. We could have two, we could have four weeks, we could have nine weeks to study film of either team we're going to play, and we'd still have no idea because fundamentally we don't know how to tackle. But here's the thing. A coaching. When you call for somebody's head, I want everybody out there to know because I'm always serious about this. Everybody always wants to say, "Well, fire the guy." Let me tell you something. Firing somebody's a three parts. It's a three step process. One, you got to decide the guy's been fired. We get we're we're there for you on that. That's yeah. been done. Number two, you got to actually have the balls to do it. And to that point, old dog, we've got some uh, words for Coach Rick. I think. Then you you were talking earlier. Our number seven oh six. 534 1516 If you don't want to do it, Coach Rick, if you want to keep your hands clean, you want to keep the blood off your hands, he's your college roommate from Miami, whatever, I get that. Me and Old Dog, we're here for you, baby. 706-534-1516. We will pack his ass and put him on the city limits by Monday afternoon.
1: Because, Coach Rick, this is directly out to you. I know 92,000 people yesterday afternoon about 4.30, would have been happy to have gone over and packed up his office. Absolutely. The only people that wouldn't are the Georgia Tech fans who are joking like we were. We talked about Reggie Ball and we talked about Shane Gailey. Well, I tell you what. One of the best
0: coaches Georgia Tech has right now
1: is one Willie Martinez.
0: Absolutely. And they're begging, just like we used to beg Reggie Ball and Chan Gala, keep doing what you're doing. Keep putting Reggie Ball out there. Just keep bringing Willie Martinez around, baby, because he is our best player yeah. the MVP for Georgia Tech. Yeah. And you've got to get better people. That's the third step. That's what I was talking about. you yeah. got to decide to fire, do the firing, get better people. John Chavis up at Tennessee, he's fixing to be unemployed. Hell, let's write a check to Ellis Johnson. Let's, hell, man, there's about, I could think of 20 defensive coordinators off the top of my head I'd rather have than Willie Martinez.
1: Oh, exactly. And, I mean, Manny, aren't you, before you know, opinion. before we end up getting and go to the good, I want to say one thing. I listened to Coach Rick's press conference after the game, and he is a true gentleman, uh, said all the right things. You know, like we fought hard, we were in it to the end, we did this and that. But one thing that really kind of made me laugh, he kept talking about as these reporters would ask him questions and stuff. Well, I need to look at the film. You know, well, you know, maybe when we look at film we'll see this and that. I tell you what, I would, I, if I were the coaching staff, I would burn the film of this game. And it's never not look it's, at it. it's not going to tell you anything. Ohio State if we play them or Michigan State, they're not going to run the triple option. We don't and and we're certainly not going to learn anything from it. We I wouldn't rehash that. <laughs> There's no reason to look at that film at all. Uh you know, I think you know, words come easy and everyone that was just the right thing to say.
0: We've got to see some action. Now. I
1: guess at that point. But and, and I'll tell you this. This is really... A, this is going to be a defining offseason in Coach Rick's career. Because i tell you what. He is in a league with Urban Meyer, who may be playing for his second national championship in four years. As the head coach at
0: Florida. And if it ain't gonna be him, if it ain't gonna, gonna, be gonna be
1: him, it's gonna be Nick Saban. And and I tell you what, that's who we wanna be. We wanna be a team that is competing for the right to play in a national championship. We wanna be a team that controls our own destiny, getting in, winning the East, and then going ahead and winning the Southeastern Conference. The two conference championships we've had, we've backed into it. Hell, we didn't beat Florida either year that we won the East, I don't think. Uh, we had we had to have other people do our dirty
0: work for us. Even last year, we needed Kentucky to make the field goal against Tennessee you know, so we could so, back into the conference championship and try to go... But, but Coach Rick needs
1: to step up and be a head coach. And being a head coach, being a CEO, being a leader means many times you've got to make the tough decision. And you've probably got one of the toughest coming up. Because I know on a personal level, Willie Martinez is your friend. But he is not getting the job done. And our defense has gotten progressively worse under his leadership.
0: And, like you said, we are definitely at a crossroads We're at a crossroads where we're going to pick one way or the other. There's no in between. We're at a crossroads kind of like Clemson was five years ago with Tommy Bowden, where they said, you know what? He's eight and four. We're going to re sign him, you know? And they did that for years and years, man. He stayed there for 10, 11 years with that eight and four, nine and three. And finally, after throwing all that good money after bad, they decided to pull the plug on it. We're either going to say, Mark Ricks, either going to say to us in the offseason, That we're okay with 9-3 and as long as we have a friendly staff that we all like and everybody's touchy-feely, and we're okay with 9-3 and and substandard defense, or we're not, and we're going to make the changes to get to the next level. Yeah, I'm happy about winning nine games, but I want to win 12 games. And you've got to see the problem and make the changes to get to the next level, or you're telling everybody that we're cool being on this level. Right. We're cool with eight wins, nine wins, and having our ass handed to us every year by Florida, by good teams. Yeah, hell, we have no, you know, marquee victories, signature wins this year. The SEC is as weak as it's been in a decade. You know what the debate is this year? What's our best win?
1: South Carolina or Vanderbilt?
0: Yeah, it ain't LSU. What? What's our quality win this year? We have none. We have none. You're right. We
1: absolutely have no quality win and you know for a long time at least i did i felt superior cuz i thought coach rick was you know he was a cut above other coaches you know he ran this nice clean program Tight ship. where we got you know we got in good guys well i tell you what i mean you know we're the most penalized team in college football yeah. we're what miami used to be you know, we're a bunch of thugs out there dancing around and committing personal fouls. And I tell you what, even though I know college kids are going to drink, we've probably had more damn arrests than any team in, in the country too. Kevin so, Perez,
0: dr- so I mean, drunk.
1: I I can't really hold my head up high and say, well, you know, we may only win
0: nine games a year, you know, but at least we've got good, decent players. I tell you, I'm not willing to, we're not saying that we want to pull the plug on Coach Rick, but we are, I'm imploring Coach Rick to restore the pride in our defense, restore the pride in our program, because I'm telling you, this year, we've gone off the rails. I don't know if it was the high expectations, I don't know if it's the pressure of the spotlight, I don't know, but if we're going to get to the next level we need Coach Rick to restore us to the where we used to be.
1: Well, here's the deal. Okay, before we get on to the good stuff, let me sum it up this way. Coach Rick has some real hard decisions to make at the end of this season, and if he can't make those hard decisions, then after the end of next season, I think Damon Evans is going to have a real hard decision to make.
0: Because if he doesn't make the changes, we're only going to get worse. Yeah. There's no reason to believe whatsoever that William Martinez is going to be able to correct the ship on defense. No. there's. I mean, you know, regardless of what Hondo and Zaire say, I mean, they just throw around little quotes like, you know next year we're going to be better on defense. Well, I,
1: I tell Why? you, when when you get to that, you sound like a South Carolina fan.
0: Yeah, how can you say that? What makes you say we're going to be better? Who? What, what magical players do we have coming in? If Asher Allen hangs around and doesn't go pro, is he just going to magically, he and Prince are just going to become better next year? What, what makes you think we're going to be better next year, Hondo? Desire. Yeah. You know, but anyway, let's move on to the good because there was a lot of good yesterday. I'm telling you. On, on one side of the ball. On one side of the ball, yeah. I'm telling you, before we even get to the offensive play, I want to say a little bit about the Dooley tribute and the Munson thing. Yeah. I real that Munson thing, I tell you, really, as much as we've had ups and downs, we've talked about Munson a lot. But I'm telling you, that thing really brought a little tear to my eye. I love Munson. Munson has been the guy. He's been the voice of the dogs my whole life. And And in in his, I love him. And in his heyday, there was absolutely none better. And now that it's over and all that, you know, I want to put all that stuff behind me. Really, I love Munson. He's great. And we're right. He was great. He is. He's the voice of the dogs, and for me, always will be the voice of the dogs. That's right. And I love that guy, and I love they did the tribute. I was glad to see him go off the field, you know, with his head held high, and I, it's just great. It and, was. And the dually thing. The statue is cool as crap. The whole dually thing. All, Barbara looked like a conehead. I don't know what was going on with that jacket she was wearing, but anyway. Um, she looked like she came in from Mars. Sometimes high-fashioned as ugly. i <laughs> That's better than, I thought she was going to be wearing a t-shirt that said, please buy a condo at Georgia Traditions. Yeah. That's what I thought she was going to have on. But, um, you know, the Coach Dooley thing, naming of the athletic complex, that was good. Coach Dooley, titanic figure in Georgia football history. They said he's the biggest football, the biggest figure in Georgia athletics ever. I don't, that's a tall order. Do you agree with that? I, I it, Probably. Yeah,
1: I, I would think so.
0: From athletic director standpoint, everything he's done yeah. in the SEC and out of the SEC and all that stuff, probably, probably the biggest figure, the biggest name, he is the brand name of Georgia Athletics, there's no doubt.
1: Yeah, I, I would say this, uh, probably for a non-Georgia person, he certainly is. Yeah, I uh, I tell you though, anybody that went to school at the University of Georgia and has been following the dogs, uh, I I still got to go with Coach Russell.
0: Yeah, I tell you, man, I tell you, Coach because Russell.
1: There was nobody like Irk.
0: Yeah, you're right. He was, and, and the two of them together were unbeatable. Unbeatable match set. Not a whole lot different. We've talked about the new version of the Coach Rick and Brian Van Gorder. Boy, they were a great match, too, weren't they? They were. Boy, back in the day. Back
1: in the day before Coach Rick lost his balls and
0: (laughs) Van Gorder lost his mind. I'll tell you what. So let's talk about the good things that happened yesterday. Momass, seniors scoring touchdowns. I love it. Huge,
1: huge day. Probably the... Absolutely, the last game that MoMass is ever going to play in Sanford Stadium, and it was his best. It came out like big stand. time after time after time. When we needed a big play and a big catch, Stafford and MoMass delivered.
0: No dropped balls. 11 catches for 180 yards. Three touchdowns ties a school record. How about Trip Chandler catching a touchdown on the back line yep. back there, man? Good for you, Trip. Great senior day for both of those guys. Absolutely. Brian Mims had a damn great day. He God Almighty was punting his ass off as a senior. I yeah. love that. I just love to see seniors have a good day on right. their last day. Matthew Stafford. Career day. Five touchdown passes, man. Incredible. 407 yards. You would think. Almost 300 in the first half. Yeah. I thought it was a typo on the scoreboard, you know? Um, Well, no, I I think he had more than 407. Wasn't he he over 500 yards? Yeah, like two, uh, yeah, I don't know, in passing, I'm not sure. Maybe 500 yards passing to
1: all-purpose yards. Right, 407
0: was. Man, we had 280 yards passing in the first half. Yeah. You know, you think you score forty two points in your home stadium, you think that might be good enough to win the game.
1: Well, we're we're going back to Sorry. The, we're Whoops. going back to the bad there.
0: <laughs> Here's no. something else good. The scoreboard quit working at halftime yesterday. And you know fantastic the, stroke of luck. And the amazing thing about <laughs> a the
1: score and the yards that we put up and the catches and everything. We did that in three quarters Yeah, because we had one yard in the third.
0: One yard in the third quarter. It was unbelievable. But, I mean, the big, and, and I'll
1: tell you this, on offense, the and the defense ought to take an example, the big, the guys that needed to stand up did. Momass stood up. A.J. Green stood up. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford stood up and no shot.
0: No shot. You know, didn't get 100 yards and maybe that's why we lost.
1: But Well, he didn't get he 100 yards on off. the ground, but I tell you what, he had two huge screen passes. Today. Absolutely, man. I mean, man. he probably had 80 yards receiving.
0: I know, it was fantastic.
1: Which are really runs. I mean, you You're know right. from from where he got the ball. I mean, I mean, they played their guts out and they are the reason along with a very young and patchwork offensive line. Injury riddled. They are the reason that that game was as close as it
0: was. Really? I and totally agree. I
1: know we're going on a little bit, and really that's about all we need to say about the offense. The offense was great. They really great. did up. But I tell you Hats what. off to you guys. I want to I give a special shout out and special recognition to someone I didn't even know existed before the game. His number is 15. His name is Benjamin Boyd. He's a senior, he's a fullback, and I think all he's ever played is on the special teams. And he got so frustrated and so mad and was the only player other than Momass and Noshon that I saw show any leadership on one of Tech's many kickoffs of the second half. He didn't peel back and run back like he was supposed to. He looked at a guy across the line Locked him up. <laughs> and wouldn't let him go. He said, you're going down. He put him he down put on him the on ground the and her. stayed on him. And then when he got over to the sidelines, I guess Coach Fabris or someone got onto him about what he did. He walked away, took off his helmet, and started screaming at the rest of the team, telling them they needed to play like Georgia Bulldogs. He and started you,
0: smacking people around. It was the most inspirational thing. It was the best thing I saw It's yesterday. the most
1: inspirational thing I've seen all season long. It was awesome. And and, and I tell you what, it's a sad commentary when a guy that is on special teams, that I guarantee you, other than his parents and his girlfriend, didn't even know who he was, is your inspirational leader. Absolutely. But I tell you what, hats off to Benjamin Boyd, and I hope whatever you do in life, you show
0: that same passion, because son, you're a winner. Absolutely. That's the way you got to play. And you got to play that way on every play, everybody on every play, if you're going to win in this league. Ben Boyd was kicking ass yesterday. He acted like it mattered. Right. Like he cared. Like it counted. Like it meant something. Yeah, he didn't want to lose to
1: Tech. He did not want to lose. Yeah, and and I'll tell you something else he didn't do. When he came running out before they kicked off, he wasn't doing jumping jacks and pointing to the stands and asking us to get up and cheer. He was busting players' butts. He was giving us something to cheer for, and i tell you what, after that kickoff, I stood up and applauded him.
0: Oh, my gosh. That was the best play of the whole game, I yep. thought. I mean, that was fantastic. And certainly the was, best best part of the second half. It's just the best thing I saw, you know? Yeah. Um, scoreboard not working in the second half, showed no replays. That was awesome. We really needed that. That was a big lift for the team. Um, the offense was great. A.J., like you said, A.J. No Sean Staff, all those guys, offensive line, everybody doing their job. Choppas looking good, Southern looking good. Everybody had a great day. Hats off to the seniors, Brian Mims, Mo Mass, Chandler. Hats off to all the seniors on both sides of the ball. Thanks for your four years. Coach Rick, we got work to do in the offseason. We're probably still going to the Capital One Bowl. Probably going to play Ohio State. Probably going to play Michigan State. Really? What's it matter? Who cares? Yeah. You know this. And, and, is and if
1: you're excited about the cap, and, you know, I mean, again. Coach Rick talking about we're going to travel well because yeah. we're
0: excited. We've pre-sold tickets and yeah. stuff. Well,
1: I'll well, I, well, I tell you. I, I doubt there very many Georgia fans are excited about going to the Capital One. And, you know, for anyone, you know, talking about the amount of money that you're going to get for playing in a bowl and the Capital One Bowl the pays biggest, out. biggest Biggest, biggest out. non-BCS Bowl. You know, Ooh, hoo, who cares? Hoo. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. University of Georgia's athletics, they have plenty of money. <laughs> they don't need a check from the Capital One Bowl. The only reason for us to go to a bowl this year is for extra practice and lord knows we need it.
0: You ain't kidding. Dog fans, that's going to wrap it up again. Our number for anybody who wants to call for any reason, 706 706- Five, three, four, fifteen, sixteen. If you don't want to call or you ain't got a phone, email us at dogcast at gmail dot com. If you like what we're saying, tell a friend. If you don't like what we're saying, you ought to find a. I don't know what you're gonna do, but if you're happy with nine and three and giving up hundreds of points every game, then you know this team you got you got what you're looking for right now. Yeah, and you don't want to be running with us. No, you don't want to be running with us. We sat. I want to finish on this note. I want to thank. Jana from Burbank and all the SoCal dogs that do so much for the show. They do so much for me and, me and old dog personally. Uh, I, I appreciate the gifts and everything that you guys did for us. And we got to sit with Jana yesterday. Jana's a great fan cheering to the end. Jana was cheering with 30 seconds to go on the clock. <laughs> we had when, no time. When all
1: hope was gone and when, all was
0: lost. When it was completely over with. Jana's like, come on guys, we can, Stop them. But I'm telling you, Jana is awesome. She's a great fan. But I told her, you know, uh, this whole call it like you see it thing that we do, this buy fans, for fans thing, it's great when it's working, but it's a double-edged sword, you know. And uh, when it ain't working or when things aren't going well, we're not going to sugarcoat it for you, baby. We're going to tell you what's really going on. And this is the deal. Our defense is bad, and it needs a change. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. Dog fans, this is going to be our last regular season episode. We will probably still bring you we'll, we'll bring you all the news that you need to know about the bulldog program from now till the bowl game, after the bowl game. If you need to know it, we'll tell you about it. You can expect maybe one show or so a week now, from now through the holidays or so. We'll try to keep you updated on what the dogs are doing. Yeah, we'll talk the bowl about season. some of
1: the other bowls.
0: We'll talk about the other balls. Tell you what other teams are doing. Tell you what moves the dogs are making. We'll keep you updated on everything you need to know. Yeah, and
1: we'll probably come back with another
0: show maybe
1: next Sunday after the SEC championship. Sure. Uh, by then it'll be settled and uh well, Florida, know
0: what doing. Either Florida or Alabama is going to be in the national championship game. That's right. And uh, you know. And uh, we'll, we'll have a lot of people trying to talk us into cheering for the SEC. SEC, that's not a cheer we like to do. We're at the DogCast. We like to no. cheer for the dogs. That's right. So, dog fans, uh, that's going to wrap up this regular season. Thank you so much for listening. It was a great season. I mean, it's a great season of show. We love our listeners. We love the feedback. Thanks for everything. Go dogs. Good. Hey, guys, it's just me. I wanted to add one more thing. I've had a little bit more time to talk about this, and I just want to be clear on what we're trying to do with this show. Um... <laughs> Because, you know, I talked to a friend of mine tonight, and it's Sunday night, and, you know, it's real easy for me to laugh and joke. I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, hell, you have to laugh about it, because if you don't, you're going to cry. The fact that we can't even successfully push people out of bounds, you know, I mean, we can't stop that one play that they run over and over. And we're giving up all these points, and Willie Martinez says he watched film, and yada, 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 whatever. I mean, I wish we could be funnier about it. I mean, but god, it's just hard. It's hard to laugh about it and be funny about it because it's just this season has been so brutal. I mean, from the high expectations to now, ultimately we're not even ranked ahead of our in state rival. We're ranked we're not even number one in our own state, much less number one in the country. And uh I tell you the the hangover of those high expectations is pretty steep. I still love coach Rick. I still think he's great. I love what he's done for the program. I love you know not being a Ray Golf Jim Donnan kind of program and his winning percentage is awesome and he's he's really doing a great thing, but it's clear, it's very clear and definite the kind of changes we've got to make to get to the next level or to at least have a shot at the next level. Without better defense, without better special teams, our super high-powered offense, which Coach Rick is kind of in charge of, is not going to be able to overcome it. So, um, you know, I'm not calling for Coach Rick's head or anything like that, but really, Coach Rick does need to, you know, help us out and make some tough decisions. Or he's going to be sending the message that this kind of performance is okay. You know, that not meeting our goals and not doing what we need to do to win is okay. You know, so... Anyway, let's take uh, let's have a happy holiday. I hope you guys have a great December. We'll come back with another show after the uh, SEC Championship game. Thanks for listening.
2: Good morning, Derek and Old Dog. This is Ted calling from coming. Sunday morning, my wife is taking the kids to church. I don't want to see anybody today. I'm that upset about the game. And what I'm most upset about is everything that we've been talking about all year, and, it's, and it's, it's happened. We have lost the Tech. We've gotten our butts beat in seven. We've got scrubs all over the paper with edges in between their teeth that have gone around prancing around because they won. And guess what? They earned it. And the reason why they earned it is, is why. and the reason why we didn't, is because what we've been talking about all year, this team has no focus and no discipline, period. That third quarter would never have happened If the players had played with discipline and with focus, and sick and tired of seeing this team with all the talent that we have and we have that talent to win, to go out there and lay the egg that we did in the third quarter and give them the game after we had basically had them beaten down in the first half. We gave up, we let up, we didn't stay focused, the discipline went away on the tackling, and we got what we deserved. And I hate it. I hate it more than any person in the world, I think, well, like everybody else. That's a, that's a Bulldog fan. But the bottom line is Coach Rick has got to have the cojones to say, okay, I know, Willie, you're my friend, and I know all, some of these defensive guys, you're my buddies, but we don't have it. And somebody, we've got to get somebody in there that's got to stop this teams from doing what they're doing because us having a 9-3 record means nothing. It means nothing right now. We're going to go to the cap one bowl on the fir- on the first, and that's all well and good, but I don't look at this as a reward at all. I'm not taking my family. We talked about trying to go down there and, and, but I, but we're not going. The only thing I want to do is sit there and watch this team unf- 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 unfocused, unfocused going down and letting teams that are not better than us beat us. And to get beaten the way we did in our stadium is a travesty. Coach Rick's got a man up, and it's the first time I've called him out because I've stood behind him 100%. But now's the time where he's got to say, wait a minute, we've got to reevaluate this thing. We're eight years into this thing now, and it's not working. There's some things that are definitely missing here. We need a coach. We need a coaching staff that puts this focus and just – as a number one priority. And next year, I know we've got to look at next year now. There's nothing else to look at now. This, this year's over, in, in my mind. The number one goal is win the SEC East. And, yes, if we win the East, that means we've got to beat Florida. Sure, that's that's goal, number one. But goal number 1A is we've got to come back, and the last thing we need to do is let the nerd herd get back on us and win two in a row. We need to prove that yesterday's game was nothing more than an aberration. If we've got any stones, this is what we've got to do, and this is what the coaching staff's got to do. And it's time for Rick. He gets paid the money. He's got to make the tough decisions. If that means getting rid of some of his coaches that aren't pulling their weight, special teams, horrible. There's no reason that we should be kicking the ball out of bounds. Uh, this is absolutely ridiculous. Just giving them life first thing out of the back. I mean, they score a touchdown in the first 10 seconds of the second half. I mean, ridiculous. And I could go on and on, and I know i rambled here, but I'm just that upset. There's so many things. If your show doesn't go for more than an hour dissecting how we blew this game and how this program is in a bad situation at 9-3, that's where we're at. And and they've got to make the decisions. So I thank you for your time. And uh, I'm still behind the dogs. I'm not behind them enough to uh, go down to the bowl game because I feel like that's just going to be a big – that could be another rude awakening if we play Ohio State. So, uh, But I still support this team, but Rick's got to start making the right calls and making the right decisions whether he likes it or not. Thanks for your time.
3: Derek, Old Dog Jeff and Boise again. Okay, I've, I've had a chance to calm down here. Let me let me try to leave a better voice note. Let me try to be a little more succinct. I tend to ramble when I get angry. Okay, yes, I just broke a door to our basement, okay? It's the one door I thought in the house that no one would really notice and it would be okay if I broke and I wouldn't have to repair first thing tomorrow. Okay, so, yeah, I broke a door today. I put my fist through a door, a solid wood door, about two inches thick. Not in a good way. Okay, okay, let's get that out of the way. The second thing I want to say is... Why can't our guys learn to tackle? And when I say guys, I mean Rashad Jones. I want to put this whole game on number nine. This entire game belongs in the shoulders of Rashad Jones. Rashad, if you're listening to this podcast, I don't know if you are or not, I know that my words, my thoughts, my opinion mean nothing to you. For God's sake, man, haven't you heard listen to Old Dog all season long? Wrap up. Wrap up tackles. You lost this game for us. You had no business being out there. You're not Greg Blue. You're never going to be Greg Blue. Forget about Greg Blue and tackle. Okay, Derek, old dog. I'm. I just. I. There are no words for this. This season. You know, our window is shutting. Paul Johnson. It looks like he's going to own us. Urban Meyer. Let's hope he goes to Notre Dame. I, I mean, guys, this window we had. This little small window. It's closing. I I'm really, I remember back 2005, the first season I listened to you guys, and the Matthew Stafford Kool-Aid and the No. Sean Moreno Kool-Aid, and these guys all had a great game. What happened to our defense? Willie Martinez. Let's cut the cancer out before it spreads to the rest of the team, before it spreads even further. As we already know, it's eaten into our special teams. Blair Walsh, what happened to that kid? First play of his, of his career, what was it, a 52-yard uh, field goal? What did he do now? I can't stand to watch this cancer eat us up anymore. We've got to cut the cancer out. Rick had better get his shit together in the off season. I love Mark Rick. I love him to death. I am tired of watching other teams come and take our thunder. Alabama, Georgia Tech, Florida. All these guys in their second and third year, they're passing us already. We've been waiting for seven years for the Magic. We've been a great team. We're head and shoulders above where we were, but we've got to take the next step. Rick is the guy who's got to make that happen. He has got to make some changes for next season. I am sick. I am sick. Here comes Mrs. Jeff and Boise. I'm in trouble. I'm in the garage, in my car. The only private place I have in the house right now. Looks like i got some door repairs to do. Guys, I look forward to the show. Thank you again for another great season. Sure as hell had fun with you guys in the Arizona State, and I'm rambling again. Looking forward to the bowl game, whatever it might be, and um shit. Here's always next year. I'm Jeff and Boise.
4: Goodbye. Derek, old dog. This is, uh, Fife from Phoenix. Sitting here with a bunch of pills in my lap. No chamorino Kool-Aid. Don't think I can, uh, stick it out anymore in this world. Uh, broke my heart today. Can't wait a season of, uh, Dogapalooza ends with a getting her ass kicked by a tick. Uh, I really hope that, uh, Lee Martinez, go ahead, and uh, Sylvester croons and stuff out of our program. It's killing me today. Uh I got no complaints about our offense. I'll be good. Later. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Three-time dog
3: fan, Mike from D.C. I'm up in here watching the fourth quarter just started. It's 38-28. You know, I ride with my team to the end, but it, it, it's not looking good. The only thing I can say, might come out positive is is that we get a new defensive coordinator. You know, it's just kind of funny because I'm sitting here watching the first play from scrimmage for Georgia Tech, the first half, and you and Old Dog talked about last week these missile tackles, and Donnell Orby comes in and instead of wrapping the guy up, he lets Dwyer, you know, he bounces off of him, Dwyer takes it all the way down for the touchdown, and that's what killed us, but, you know, it's kind of indicative of our season. You know, we've kind of been exposed on defense, and I hope that just means that some kind of change is coming as far as our defense is concerned. This is
5: Mike. Go dogs. Dog has technical support, Washington. Last time out, 48 seconds to go in the game. Um, we need to get a reorganization of the coaching staff for next year. Uh, needs to start with a defensive coordinator, needs to start with a rec- better recruiting coordinator, needs to start with a better special teams coordinator. After that, in fact, I think the only two coaches that should remain after this year are Mark Rick and Stacy Searles. That's it. All the others, all the others, no names. I don't want to name the names because they making my skin crawl at the moment. Needs to go. Oh, well. I guess we better be comfortable with the Capital One Bowl. Oh, might as well go to the toilet bowl.
4: Hey, guys. It's Ryan and Winder. It's a very gloomy day in Athens, Georgia. And uh, I'll tell you, I um, can't believe we let a, a big, 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 halftime lead. Just go, go to waste like that. Um, Matthew Stafford, I think, had one hell of a day on the uh, offensive side of the ball. No Sean Moreno as well. So Mahalo Natsukwa, I've always said he's been the Georgia Tech king. Um But, you know, we just couldn't get, get the ball back when we needed it. Um, guys, I want it. Rashad Jones to, has got to be the most undisciplined player on our on our defense. I swear, I've seen him. Uh, he committed to Nesbitt too many times when our linebackers would have him contained, and then he'd just pitch it to Dwyer or Jones, and they would just go, and Rashad Jones, I've, you know, I, don't, uh, I was looking for so much out of him, I thought he was going to be a great defensive player. Ended up being a pretty shitty one. But, um guys you know, I just want to say, call and say, go to it's going to get hurt, but I guess all good things must come to an end. And uh we're gonna get ready for our bowl game and hopefully we get Ohio State so I can get their ass whooped by another SEC opponent. All right guys, Ron from Wagner, good old.
5: Yo Derek, old
3: dog. Vermont dog. Had to watch that game twice. But what I expect, man. We got an undisciplined defense that lacks fundamentals. Fire Willie Martinez. Subject of this call. Yeah, Mo Mass, you're the man. We miss
4: you, dude. See ya.
6: Hey, Derek and Old Dogs, Joshua uh, from Deville. Um, just don't know what to say. Um, the nerd herd got us. Actually, we uh, we gave it away, it seems like, in my opinion. That's that's probably what y'all are covering the show. Uh I just wanted to call and make just a few comments. And and, uh, one of the comments is that I don't believe that I have ever in my life seen a Georgia game where the players on defense, uh, just acted like they were either scared or they just didn't know how to tackle. Um, Rashad Jones. I don't know how many times I had to see him try and shoulder bump or nudge someone out of bounds to make a tackle, but it made me sick to my stomach. But, um, as a dog fan and as a true dog fan, um, I support our team regardless if they win or lose. But uh, um, I have to say that this is an older, utter disappointment. And uh, it's not because of the national championship implications or anything like that. But when you look at this season and you look back on the season, you can see that the Georgia really had not one signature win. And I know you guys hate that word, but it's true. They didn't have really one signature win over a quality opponent. The They only had two wins against teams that were over 500, and that's South Carolina and LSU. Um, things have got to change, and Mark Rick needs to, You know, I said earlier in the season, he needs to man up and he needs to get big, and he, he needs to trim the fat off that coaching staff. Um, hopefully, uh, we can uh, play the Buckeyes in the Capital One Bowl and try and end this on a positive note. But um, I just uh, wanted to call and and uh, say thanks for a great season on your show, and um, let's pack it up and um, wait till New Year's and see how that goes, and, and then wait till next year. I, I hopefully uh, really don't know what to say. Thanks, guys. Derek, old dog, it's Weasel from Valdosta.
4: I'm effing despondent. Hey guys, this is Derek from Greer, South Carolina calling again. Um, I may be too late, um, but I had to take a day to cool down from yesterday's loss, sitting in the rain, soaking wet, but um, three things I wanted to bring up. I was listening to a calling show on my way back to South Carolina, and they were making excuses for our defense and stuff, and... One was, well, we're not as talented as we've been in the past. Well, my question is, who recruits these guys for the defense? Could it be the one Willie Martinez? Well, we're not fundamentally playing fundamentally sound. Well, whose fault is that on defense? Is that the one Willie Martinez? Uh, Defense gaming scheme is not – something's not right with it. Uh, Is that up to one Willie Martinez? You know, it looked like at halftime – we were doing decent first half go half time. halftime. Uh, they go in and say, hey, guys, we're making Georgia Tech look too bad, so let's just don't change anything. Um, one positive thing did come out of the game. I've got a group of guys ready to volunteer their time, take vacation days, whatever need to do, um, to go down to Athens and load up the truck for Willie Martinez and help him to move wherever he wants to move as long as it's out of Athens, Georgia. You guys have done a great job this season and look forward to hearing the the podcast. Have a great day. Bye-bye.